everyone, and welcome to the Trade Addicts Podcast, where the first step is admitting you have a problem. Please welcome your hosts for today's session, Dynasty Outhouse and Brian Haar. Hey, everybody. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I am Brian Haar, and I also have a trading problem. I'm Brandon Nickel, and I, too, have a trading problem. All right. Thanks for joining us. We have a special guest, our first actual guest that isn't just a co-host. Brandon recruited me for one of his leagues, and uh, we've been the closest of buddies ever since. <laughs> I uh, pimp out his work whenever he, uh, whenever he puts something out. Also, you know, let all you guys know about his Christian Kirk love, which we'll let him rant about in a little bit. But first things first, how long have you been playing Fantasy? How long have you been playing Dynasty? Let the people know why should they should trust you. Yeah, I joined in Dynasty about six years ago. It was a little bit before it became a really popular thing. It was pretty rare still at that time. I started playing Fantasy, I don't know, it must be 15, 20 years. It, since I was a little kid, um, I've, I've always played. I started writing for Dynasty Happy Hour this year. You guys all know me on Twitter as Dynasty Scout. My Twitter handle is at Dynasty underscore Scout. So you can find me on there. I tweet all day, every day. But I, I write, and you can find my content at Dynasty Happy Hour. All right. So you've been playing longer than I have, but sounds like you're younger than I have. That, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm not at all challenged by your superiority. Um, but here, let's, let's see if you really are superior. Let's hear your worst and your best trades you've done. Now, clearly, you've been playing for too long for, to give us the best ever, but recent memory. Yeah, the best and worst trades, I'll say dynasty trades that I've made in the last few years. The worst trade I've ever made was I gave a future first for Rashad Jennings. And this was, I want to say, 2014. And it's because I was one piece away. This is back when he played for, uh, I think it might have even been the Raiders then. I was one piece away from a championship, right? I just needed that flex running back. And, and he was on a hot streak that year. So I traded a future first for Rashad Jennings. And it wasn't even my first. It was someone else's first that I had accumulated. And I didn't win the championship. And that future first ended up being Todd Gurley. Uh, Oof. Yeah. That, you know, I was wondering why you hurts. thought that was so bad. And <laughs> was, you know, that was a good, my, strong us along. I like most of the worst trades I've ever made were the ones where I give a future first for that one piece I need to compete. You know, if you win the championship, you can say, ah, it's worth it. But there was another one where I traded, uh, I traded Calvin Johnson in his last year and also a future first. That wasn't mine, someone else's. I got Sammy Watkins, who was hot at mm-hmm. the time, and I got TJ Yeldon, who was a rookie at the time and if you guys remember in his rookie year he was you know all the rage well so at the time that was a great deal because calvin johnson retired i'm like man i smoked this trade and then boom that that pick turns into zeke elliott oh <laughs> yeah all right i i can't take any more of this pain That's a pretty good one <laughs> all right so the best trade that that i've made in recent memory was in 2015 uh, after a league had recently started up, uh, I traded Thomas Rawls and Matt Jones, who as rookies, if you guys remember, were were going off at that time because Lynch went down and uh, and Matt Matt Jones just started starting as well because Alfred Morris got hurt. So I traded those two players for David Johnson, who hadn't Ooh. yet broken out. So I take a lot of pride in this one because it was it was prior to him ever becoming who he was he was third string on the depth chart behind andre ellington and chris johnson and chris johnson was killing it that year and obviously you know history writes itself but that was kind of a trade that turned around a dynasty team where i got one of the best players in fantasy for you know two guys who you could probably find on the waiver wire if i had some soundboard or something i'd play like a nice standing ovation sound <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one there. That he was Johnson in his rookie year was an interesting cat too because he wasn't getting carries or or anything, but he was still catching the ball and he was returning kicks. I think he returned like two or three kicks for touchdowns that year too. Yeah, he mm-hmm. had eight touchdowns like halfway through the season and barely ran the ball. Right. Yeah, it was like per it was like a touchdown per touch. Every time the guy got the ball, he scored yeah. a touchdown. I'm like, man, I got to get this guy on my team. <laughs> All right. So okay, you do you do your good, you do your bad, but. You have one guiding rule, let's say, that you'll think of every time you go to make a trade. What's that one rule for you? 
yeah, the rule that I've uh, established is actually a lesson learned from the bad trades that I've made. Uh, I have a golden rule that I do not trade any first round pick future or current unless I'm getting a known stud or core player. Core players to me are, are kind of what dynasty is about. Once I get a core player, I like to build around them, right? So I'll build, I'll, I'll sell my ancillary pieces, you know, the Jarek McKinnons and the second round picks and guys that maybe are, are a little hotter than they should be. I'll sell those to get another core player and then I'll just keep stacking my core. So my golden rule of trading and dynasty football is, is, is I'm not giving those future first out unless I'm getting a stud in return in some sort of package. After telling us what you just told us, I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worked well. Ever since I've, I've changed that philosophy, uh, it, things have gone really, really well. Well, and one of the one of the coolest things, too, about talking to other people in the Dynasty community is just seeing how different people do build their rosters. Um, Outhouse, we've talked in the past about future firsts and trading those trading those assets away and, uh, you know, and, and kind of how we feel about those. And now hearing Brandon's, uh, you know, his story about how he builds his rosters around uh, studs and holds on to those future firsts unless he's getting a core player in return. It's just awesome to be able to um, kind of see how people just build their build their teams differently. Yeah, it's what makes it fun. Everybody has their own, you know, style of playing. It makes, you know, leagues compatible to trade with each other. Just like, you know, you'll be getting a couple of trade offers with first coming your way, Brandon. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. So now that we know you a little better, let's lead uh, lead us into the news and notes. Well, clearly we're not going to read down a list of all of the draft uh where everybody landed in the draft. But we're talking about a couple of actual trades that happened during the draft. Martavis Bryant was traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third round pick. Does this mean anything to anybody short of Bryant being sad the Steelers lost a player? Which happened a year ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, I, when I owned him and before I gave him away for free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think as a as a I mean, as a Steelers fan and a, a guy that follows that team, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and it's not that Martavis isn't talented. He is. He's a very talented wide receiver. He's a little one-dimensional, I think. I mean, he's he doesn't play. He's a big, big guy, but he doesn't play big. And, you know, that deep, he obviously was a deep threat and could run. Holy crap, the guy can run. He he had the suspension, the year-long suspension. So he's one, you know, he says he has his life turned around, and I hope he does uh, for his sake. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I was pleasantly surprised, though. I had heard that they were sh hearing offers around the fifth round pick and considering those. So when they got the third, to me, that was a, a good deal for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, for his for Martavis and his fantasy value, I think Oakland's an interesting spot for him. You know, with the departure of Michael Crabtree, um, you know, you obviously have Amani, or Amari Cooper there. It'll be interesting to see how they use him and, and if he can catch on and, and um, you know, produce at the level where I think some of us thought maybe he was go headed in Pittsburgh before he got into trouble. So should be interesting to see. So now that he's in Oakland, do you have any interest in trying to trade back for him, Brandon? No, unless it's best ball. I'm just probably not going to pay whatever it takes to acquire him. I mean, I, I'd scoop him up for free or, or cheap, but – it's not a it's not a priority guy. Number one, I don't know that Oakland's going to be able to, you know, pass the ball around enough to make Martavis Bryant worthwhile. You know, they can barely get the ball to Cooper. So until they start proving something, uh, I'll, I'll probably just pass on Bryant. Yeah, that's yeah, close to free or free. Then otherwise, whatever. All right, now the biggest news of the weekend. Forget <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Forget anybody else. Tavon Austin is on the Dallas Cowboys. And he's a running back. Ooh. I this nobody cares. This has no fantasy value whatsoever. <laughs> I just needed to bring up the fact that Tavon Austin is actually still in the NFL and I wanted it to be recorded for posterity purposes. <laughs> yeah, he's a heck of a returner. Well, that doesn't help you in fantasy, so. Yeah, right, unless, so. unless unless you're in a league that that does give points for return yardage or or something like that. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think I'm not. It would have to be like 10 points per yard. Yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Tavon Austin to be worthwhile. Yep. All right, so moving on, I wanted to throw a quick thank you and a little bit of awe at the 
the reaction I had to when I asked if anybody wanted to join some more trade addicts leagues. I was trying to fill one league just because I have a sickness and I needed more fantasy football in my life. But I actually had enough people to fill two leagues, and it happened within five hours where the first two leagues, it took me probably a week to fill each of them. So I just, you know, I always say almost every episode I bring up a reason to say how much I, you know, appreciate the community out here in uh, Dynasty Twitter land. But I just, you know, to actually see it happen like that, I think it's pretty awesome. And uh, Brian was nice enough to uh, be the representative of Trade Addicts 4 because, you know, I guess I can't be in every league. So thank you, Brian, for taking my place in one of the leagues. And thank you, all you listeners out there, for actually listening and, you know, enjoying fantasy football as much as I do. It's just the start, man. Trade Addicts 90 next year. (laughs) Next year, dude. (laughs) We might have, have it. Fa- Trade Addicts have, 90 starting before the season or something. I have, <laughs> it, I have a job and a family. <laughs> Not anymore. This is Dynasty. <laughs> yes, you guys are my family now. <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, the meat of our show, the big show, the big other things. Uh, instead of just bringing you a reaction to the draft and who landed where, we figured we would take a little bit of a different uh, spin on it. We're going to talk about offenses that we are buying into and offenses we are steering clear from. So, Brandon, why don't you list us a few offenses that you are all in on? I am all in the, the team that I think had the best offseason by a lot and, and a very similar, if not better, offseason than the L.A. Rams had a year ago. I'm all in on the Chicago Bears. They nailed everything. I had a checklist of what I wanted the Chicago Bears to do this offseason, and they hit every single one of them. They got a nice young head coach who knows offense for their new quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. That was was check number one. They went out and got weapons. They got Allen Robinson, who I thought was the best receiver on the market. They added Trey Burton, a great tight end, you know, nice upgrade there to pair with Shaheen. I know it hurt all of us Shaheen lovers, but, you know, Burton was definitely an upgrade. And then in the draft, they go out, and, and they get an offensive lineman. They get James Daniels out of Iowa. That's a great pick. Uh, Roquan Smith is that middle linebacker that the Chicago Bears have been missing for a long time. So that'll help That'll help them stay competitive. So I'm, I'm all in on Mitchell Trubisky, Allen Robinson. You know, I, I don't own Jordan Howard anywhere, and I wish I did because I think he's going to have a great year with a ton more touchdown opportunities. This is going to be an exciting new offense. It's a shame they play in the division that they play in. Because this is a this is a rock star team on the rise. As long as they don't try and throw it to Howard on the one yard line again. <laughs> uh, what are your feelings about Trubisky, by the way? I know you said all this stuff is good for him, but are you an actual Trubisky fan? Absolutely, he's a in a, in a super flex league. I just did my rankings. He's a top ten quarterback that I'm buying, and that's bold. Uh, I know there's I love know, it veterans out there that you might go for, but I'm like I said, when I say I'm all in on the Bears, I'm all in. I, I believe in Nagy, I believe in Truth, and I believe they're going to be a productive fantasy team. All right, so let's have it. I see you have on here the Arizona Cardinals. Woo! My Arizona Cardinals. I I, I almost thought that this was going to be a nightmare we didn't have a quarterback on the roster for months and then there was we weren't getting Kirk Cousins you know we finally signed Sam Bradford but even then it's like wow well we're good for three games right <laughs> right so what are we going to do then we're at, sitting at 15 all these quarterbacks you know there's going to be five taken in the top eight and I just didn't think they were going to have a chance and in worst case they were saying Arizona is going to trade up for Josh Allen so I was like, yeah. we're going to trade our entire future, draft Josh Allen, and have nothing else. I'm all in on Arizona Cardinals, not only because David Johnson, I think, is one of the best foundational running backs in the NFL, but they went and they got three new starting offensive linemen. That's huge. Mm-hmm. They had a huge upgrade up front. They added a couple guys in free agency, added a solid tackle in the draft out of Michigan. I love what Arizona Cardinals did up front. And then they get the golden boy, Chosen Rosen. At number 10. And didn't you guys think it was crazy that they didn't have to trade the farm to get it? They gave a third. They, yeah, to move gave, up five spots. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You got the Saints giving two firsts, you know, to go get a defensive end. And the Cardinals only had to give a third to go get uh, arguably the top. Yeah, arguably the top quarterback in the draft. 
Yeah, and he fits, you know, this team perfectly. He's extremely accurate. Sam Bradford, I think, is going to be a great mentor for him because he's a pocket passer. Accuracy is his top trait. He's just as accurate as Drew Brees on a per-game basis. So I think that situation is going to work out perfect. And then for the grand finale, not (laughs) trading the farm allowed them in round two to take my boy, Christian Kirk. I... (laughs) I screamed. I wasn't actually in the car driving to Vegas with my wife when, when they drafted Kirk. But when they did, I screamed. I was so happy because <laughs> this is a kid who's an Arizona native, and he's just been a stud since birth. Uh, he, you know, dominated in high school, won three state championships, best player in the country, five-star recruit. Then goes to Texas A&M and becomes one of the only true freshmen to have a thousand yard season in the SEC, which is really hard to do because that guy's going up. He went up against Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, almost every year, or he did go up against Minka every year that he played, and, and he's he's just an absolute stud. You know, M- Minka himself said somebody asked him who's the best receiver in the country. He said it's Christian Kirk, and I agree. And and I can't believe in the dynasty community how little love this guy is getting. And he and he went to the perfect spot with a high high pick, and he's still not getting any love. So. Christian Kirk's my plant the flag player, and and Arizona Cardinals are a team that I'm all in on because they made all the right moves. And it's it's kind of weird how David Johnson has become almost forgotten in uh, dynasty communities. It's just like he's falling to the end of the first. Mm-hmm. You could trade from a little cheaper than everyone else. So I guess uh, to be all in on the Arizona Cardinals offense, one of the first things I would do is try to see if there's a silly person out there that will give you David Johnson for less than stud prices. Yeah, definitely. One one year removed from you know a historic season almost. Best season I mean, in a decade. Yeah. So, uh, and, and it's a wrist that he's coming off yeah, of too, you know, it's, it's point. nothing wrong with his legs, his head, nothing like that. Just a wrist, you know? So, uh, yeah. n- not really, a not really a worrisome injury moving forward. So, all right. So let's finish you up on your uh, offenses you're buying into hit us with the last one. All right. So the next offense that I'm buying into I think they did some great things. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to say the Cincinnati Bengals. And and this is kind of a weird choice because the Bengals are the Bengals. <laughs> Brian being a Pittsburgh fan, I'm sure this is a laughing stock team to you. But I, I'll i say that the Bengals as a whole, you know, crapped the bed about as bad as any team could last year. They had the fewest offensive plays that we've seen, you know, in the modern era. They, they barely got a first down ever. You know, A.J. Green had a bad year. Mixon didn't quite break out. Dalton was atrocious. Eifert didn't play. It was just a, it was just a bad year. And it, it was because they didn't have an offensive line. That was 100%. Yep. If, if you watch two seconds of the Cincinnati Bengals, you can say, wow, they can't block anybody. And what did they do this offseason? You know, for, for those of you who love Joe Mixon, the first thing that they go and do is they trade and they get a brand new starting left tackle. Most important yep. position on the line. They trade with the Bills, get the starting left tackle, and then they go in free agency and they bring another starting offensive lineman in. And then in the draft, their very first pick, what do they get? Offensive lineman. So this this is a team that is has all the weapons that you could possibly imagine. The one caveat I'll give is I'm not an Andy Dalton believer. I thought Cincinnati maybe should have gone for Lamar Jackson or somebody like that. I'm glad they went lineman, but it's put up or shut up time for Andy Dalton. If he can't do it with this team that they've assembled, he can't ever do it. And he just needs to not be a starter. You know, he can be a clipboard holder as a, for a career, but you got AJ green, Joe Mixon, John Ross, who was a top 10 pick Tyler Boyd, who was a second round pick who I loved coming out of college. Now they got a really good offensive line. What are you doing, man? It's, it's, it's time, but I'm, I'm mostly in on Joe Mixon and I'm a huge buyer of AJ green because talk about a guy who's not getting respect anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, he hit that uh, dangerous age of 29 in the Dynasty community, so he's, you know, he's been given his AARP subscription and a walker. (laughs) No, but I saw you put Cincy on this list, and I had to actually stop and think. I'm like, wait, no, yeah, their offensive line was, like, I feel like I could have competed for a starting spot last year. Mm -hmm. But then I thought about all the things they did. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I have, like, 18 mixing shares. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're 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 going to be way way better this year from a fantasy standpoint. You know, NFL wise, are they still going to be the Bengals and suck? Yeah, for sure. But from yeah, a, from a fantasy point standpoint, <laughs> which is what we care about, um, I'm buying low on the Bengals. Good calls all around, Brian. 
hit us? Yeah, so uh, the first offense that I'm buying into um, is the New York football giants um, for the obvious reason of Saquon Barkley. Um, I'm going to I'm going to get a, a, a reputation around here with with all this Saquon Barkley talk. But um, you can gush for a second if you want. So so I know the Twitterverse was all over the Giants about drafting a quarterback um, and f- I understand it. And in the same breath, I don't think Eli Manning hot take coming. I don't think Eli Manning was as bad as people think last year. He looked bad at times, um, but he lost Odell Beckham in week five. He lost Brandon Marshall shortly after that. So his only two weapons and Sterling Shepard was in and out dealing with different injuries, too. He played most weeks, but he was struggling with my when he struggling with migraines and stuff last year. Or was that the year previous? I don't. It all runs together. I'm getting old. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, Eli he's still over 61% completion percentage last year. He had 19 touchdowns, 13 picks, <clears throat> not anything super special, but also literally no weapons. Um, I'm looking, you dare disrespect Evan. Engel okay. Like that. Okay. Fair, fair. That's fair. And there's a regression coming there. Just FYI, Whoa. but, um, opportunity, but yeah. But yeah, so I think I think getting Beckham back healthy obviously is a huge lift. Adding Saquon Barkley to the offense, you know, the other thing that that was atrocious last year in New York was the offensive line. <clears throat> they bring in Solder from New England. They draft Will Hernandez uh, in the second round of the draft last week, and you know, so I, I think that's that's going to be better. I don't know how much better. We'll see. Um, but it can't be much worse. So adding <laughs> adding the weapons back in to the offense for Eli, you know, this is a two-time Super Bowl MVP. I know that's only one game, two games, um, but the guy is a he's at least in the conversation as a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Probably he has to be. So you know, he's he's up there. He's 37 now. Um. You know, so so he's he's getting older. I don't know how many years he has left. And he, he does need to improve. I mean, he didn't play well last year, but I don't think he was as bad as it seems he was. So um, I'm looking for the Giants to rebound. I completely agree. Uh, you know, just the you, people forget the obvious, kind of like with David Johnson. People forget that Odell Beckham didn't play last year and how big of a deal that is. I mean, you know, yeah, Eli's terrible. Eli sucked so bad last year. Well, of course he did. The year before, he had Odell Beckham Jr., the okay, the second best wide receiver in the NFL because, you know. Maybe. Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, Brandon <laughs> agrees also. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to throw mine in, and then I'm going to give uh, Brian the last word on buys. Uh, I'm going to gush about the Denver Broncos right now. Now, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, so I loved every second of watching the Broncos just run around in circles and lose the Super Bowl by a lot of points. But watching this draft, I love every single ounce of offense they put into this. And, you know, Bradley Chubb, of course, but this is fantasy football and I don't play IDP. <laughs> um, but, okay, I'm, I've, I've always liked Case Keenum. I never... I think last year was probably his ceiling, but who cares? That was really efficient and good. So if he could be close to that with Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, who Brian and I gushed over two or three episodes ago already, uh, they drafted Royce Freeman and my Hendersons that uh, have been my stashes ever since they were drafted. Uh, Carlos, the wide receiver, and D'Angelo, the running back. D'Angelo takes a bit of a hit with Royce being there, but... Like, they completely restocked their offense, and they picked the perfect people to learn behind the players they have now that I I just, you know, I, exactly. I have no idea what to say except, like, bravo. Good job, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pile on, and I'll, I'll say specifically, Royce Freeman needs a lot more love. He is a bell cow. He's 230 yes. pounds. And I'm going to say he might be the best pass catcher not named Saquon. The guy caught 80 balls in college. He caught like 80 out of 89 targets or some stat like that by Pro Football Focus, which is ridiculous. You got Sony Michelle, who's touted 
as a you know really great pass catching back. I think Royce Freeman's better, and he's 230 pounds, and his agility is off the charts. I, I don't know. I mean, if if not for some of the other great backs that are in this class, Royce Freeman might be a typical 102 type player. Yeah, it's it's funny. This this draft class took such a weird turn after the draft uh, that I don't even you know. It's funny. Like I, part of the reason I shied away from doing a hey, this is our rankings is because I've been asking everybody on Twitter to tell me how to feel about this draft because I have absolutely no idea. All I know is I'm taking DJ Moore everywhere and got him at the 104 in the one draft that started so far. Okay, but we're getting sidetracked. Okay, so that was mine, and I want Brian to finish up with the San Francisco 49ers because he wrote down Houston, and that is just too obvious for me. And, uh, Brian, tell us why you're all in on the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so uh, I like San Fran, uh, the offense there, obviously, Jimmy DQ. Um, you know, I... I liked what I saw in the games that um, he was their starting quarterback last year. Um, turned the season around. I mean, they were awful. And then he's inserted into the lineup and they end up winning a ton of games <clears throat> and actually messing themselves up out of a <laughs> probably a top five pick. But yeah, I, 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 I like what I saw from Jimmy GQ. I like the acquisition of Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he turns into a Tevin Coleman type back in in Shanahan's system. A little worried about the uh, the if his body can hold up. Uh, you know, he's a little bit smaller guy, so um, I'm a little bit concerned about that. But I, I like Jet a lot. Um, I like uh, Marquise Goodwin. Um, you know, he was, I think he was like the 15th wide receiver, wide receiver 15 in the last half of the season or something like that. I read a crazy stat, uh, on that. So, I mean, you know, a lot hinges on, on Garoppolo, uh, and, and if he's able to, to continue playing the way he did in the second half of the last year. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I, San Fran for me is kind of just a gut feeling too. I just, mm-hmm. it's just, I just think that they're. Headed in the right direction, um, and I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. Yeah, well, you guys know I'm a big Jet believer, so I'm definitely in on that part. And if uh, Jimmy GQ's looks have uh, part of the power ranking, then he's a top five QB easily. Um, I'm a big uh, Goodwin fan. Uh, I think he's more than the speedster he was brought in as. And I think, like you said, the end of last season showed that. Um, I wish they drafted a better wide receiver. I, I think they drafted uh, Dante Pettis a couple of picks before Miller was drafted. Yeah, you know, they also uh, brought in Richie James, too, as an undrafted free agent, I believe. And that's a guy that I'm interested in seeing if he's able to make a team and have any type of impact, too. Um, small school guy, but he's pretty exciting to watch. Um, when you watch his film, he's he's a playmaker. So, um We'll see what happens with that receiving core. And we can't have uh, 49ers talk and uh, tight end premium league talks without bringing up uh, glory boy George Kittle, <laughs> who has done next to nothing but still costs an early first because Bob is insane. <laughs> All right, so the real reason I made you talk about the 49ers last is to pivot over to our offenses we're steering clear of. Hey, look at that. San Francisco's on Brandon's voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just offer the counter argument. You know, I think this is a fun discussion, uh, just different perspectives. I, I wrote down that I'm out on San Fran, mostly from a what-they-cost standpoint. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is, is really cool, but he costs a ridiculous amount in fantasy startups like where he's being drafted is right in line with guys who are, who are more proven or more studly uh, or on better teams. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Studly. I don't know about <laughs> fantasy points, studly, but in, in Jarek McKinnon, I don't know if there's a more overpriced player in fantasy right now. Uh, I do like Goodwin. You know what? You know what? The biggest reason I'm down on San Fran is they majorly disappointed in the weapons department. They had all the money. They had all these great picks, and they and they don't get anybody. Jarek McKinnon is their is their best player that they want. Like every Twitter poll is like, who's A Rob going to? San Fran. Who's Watkins going to? Yep. San Fran. Who's Landry going to? San Fran. Brandon Cooks. San Fran. And they didn't get any of them. <clears throat> San Fran doesn't have a player that's over two hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> Jarek <laughs> McKinnon is small. Marquise Goodwin is tiny. 
Dante Pettis is tiny. Garcon is really, really thin. Like I don't, I, you know, the game of football, you know, ever since I played it was, you know, the big boys win. So they're playing a speed game. I'm actually interested to see how it works. The one thing that kind of keeps me afloat with San Fran is I believe in Channy. I think he's a really great mind and a great coach. So I'm interested to see, and I actually hope he puts it all together. Uh, I'm just down on San Fran from the cost that it takes to acquire their players compared to what they've actually done on the field. See, I like that. It's not that you don't like anybody. It's the fact that realistically what it would take to get them is a good reason to steer clear or to put it in another way. If you have one of those guys, see what you could sell them for. See if you can get some good value out of them. Absolutely. Yeah, Brandon, you make some great points there. I, I'm in agreement with, with that hundred percent. Um, you know, you really kind of turned that around and, and made me think about the cost of those guys. And you're absolutely right. All of those guys right now are probably even even if I'm excited about them and the direction that offense is heading. You're absolutely right in saying that, you know, the, what those guys cost right now is probably more than they should at the current time and, and date where we are. Um, so great points. Thank you. All right. So uh, hit us up with one more team you're steering clear of, Brandon. I'll give you a good one. I am out on Dallas Cowboys. And that might sound crazy because they do have one player, obviously, that uh, is a dynasty darling in Zeke Elliott. But I'm out on the Dallas Cowboys because I don't think there's a single team that got as worse as they got. (laughs) There's a funny Twitter video, you know, some Dallas Cowboy fan made. One of his lines in the video was, how are we losing players in the draft? That <laughs> <laughs> Dallas lost their two top pass catching options in Jason Witten and Des Bryant. Those were like the move the chain guys for Dak when it was third and fourth, third and five. It seemed like Dak would hit Jason Witten every time for a first down. They just keep yeah. moving the chains and Zeke does his thing. What you can say about the Cowboys is their line is stacked. They just added another one in Connor Williams from Texas. Yeah. They, they getting better up front, and that's what matters, you know, and that's why if you're a Zeke owner, you got to be happy. But I'm out in terms of the hype that that team brings as well. Dak Prescott, you won't see him on a single one of my rosters this, this offseason because who's he throwing the ball to? They got Alan Hearns, who's okay, but he's a jag. They got Michael Gallup yeah. in the third round. I got news for everyone who's loving Michael Gallup. Third-round receivers fail 90% of the time. So maybe he's that – rare unicorn that that works out and because of opportunity he'll be usable and you could flip him. that you know that situation could definitely happen but Gallup isn't a guy to hang your hat on he's known as a slacker at the senior bowl he got called out from the coaches from (laughs) jogging his routes he's just not he's just not a guy I'm buying you know they brought in Tavon Austin but that's whatever I don't think Dash Prescott in this offense is going to be able to keep up with the NFC the NFC is absolutely stacked I don't they might be the fourth best team in their own division I don't know if that's hot takey, but I'm sure that just upset a lot of people. <laughs> Come at me, Cowboys fans. Hey, I agree. I agree <laughs> with that. When you look at the other teams in the East, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the Eagles, I think, are, are at the top of that division, and we won't get too far off track here, but I think the Eagles are on, on top of that division, clearly. Um, you know, depending on how everything shakes out in New York, Washington, you know, I, I don't think the Alex Smith thing for Washington, I think he actually fits there as well, if not better than Cousins did, especially mm-hmm. with the weapons that they have with the tight ends and with Crowder and their um, defense is stacked. Yeah. So, I mean, he, they, they have a game manager now, you know, fantasy wise. I'm not sure. We'll see how, how Washington is fantasy wise, but I think NFL wise, I think they could make a run at, you know, at least being relevant this year. So, and, and, and then you have Dallas and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm with Brandon here. I don't really see, I don't really see a, a, a whole ton of improvement on that team. Um, I mean, Prescott looked like a different guy last year to me than, than he did in his rookie season. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I expect he'll hope, you know, I'm hoping he'll bounce back. I own him a couple of places, but, um, but I absolutely agree that Dallas is, is, is they're def, definitely towards the bottom of that division for sure. All right. Now, Brian, you're gonna hit us with uh, well, you're gonna hit well, me hey, you. with something personal right here. Yeah, let, let's let's hear you the offense you're steering clear. So of. the offense that I'm steering most clear of is the Seattle Seahawks. And let me first say that I love Russell Wilson. Um, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, in super flex leagues, I, you know, he he's worth where he goes there in those leagues. 
Um, mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, they have literally no offensive linemen, like none. And they didn't draft one until the fifth round of the draft. If they had a pocket passing quarterback, he would be dead. I mean, if Sam Bradford, if <laughs> Sam Bradford were in Seattle, I don't know that he would make it through the first quarter of game one. But at least they they drafted a running back that's great at pass blocking, right? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you know, that that was kind of a head scratcher. I mean, from a from a, you know, obviously from a need standpoint, I, I it makes sense that they added running back. That running back and that location draft shocks oh me. Um, it shocked him. Yeah. Rashad Penny came out and said that he was completely surprised to get a call on the first. Yeah. Time. So, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Dougie B, I think he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. You know, the rest of that receiving core, they lost Richardson. I know they still have Lockett, um, who hasn't, you know, I mean, he's been all right, but he hasn't really, you know, panned out like I think maybe some folks thought he would. Um, and they have Darbo there now, so we'll see. But I, I, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson, literally the only reason Seattle is in games is because that guy is super mobile in the pocket and can get out of, you know, having three guys on top of him all the time. So um, I'm really down on the on the Seahawks offense outside of Wilson. Like I said, I mean, I still like Russ. I think he's one of the top QBs in the league um, and for fantasy purposes as well. But you know, I I think they're going to be behind in games, which will keep him relevant. But I just don't see it with Seattle right now. You know who the Seattle Seahawks are? C- Seattle is that guy who is a redraft champion and starts playing Dynasty for the first time and drafts yes. Brandon Marshall and Matt Forte and and all the, all the, all these really old guys and wins the year League One, right? But now it's like three four years later, and it's like, dude. Your team sucks, bro. You, you got to change the way you play. And now yes. Seattle, they went all in for the Super Bowls, and they got there, and they won one, and so it's probably worth it. But, you know, they took too long to turn their roster, and now everything's dead. And they still don't know how to turn their roster around. <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here dwelling. Um, they traded those They I'm traded gonna... those future firsts for non-core players. Exactly. <laughs> Good one. All right. So Don't be mad, Russ. Don't done. be mad. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right. So my team to steer clear of is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the caveat is the same as what seems like every there's always one player you're still okay with Leonard Fournette. Besides, you know, I call him ankles because he has bad ankles. But still, he's completely worth he's like Gronk, you know, you'll miss two games, but he's still worth it for the games you have him in. But besides that, I have no idea what the Jaguars are doing. First of all, they I know Bortles contract isn't anything that's really tying him to the team for too long, but it's still, it's Blake Bortles, and they brought him back. But everything, they let uh, Allen Robinson walk, and everything they bring in is redundant. They have two of everything, <laughs> which gives you nothing you can use. Like, why did they draft DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook last year? Dude, they, they, need, I, they needed their wide receiver 17, man. It's a glaring need. <laughs> yeah, and, like, why bring in Austin Safarian Jenkins after getting Dante Moncrief, who's already their tight end? <laughs> So just, I mean, I there's a lot, a little bit of hype. I was about to say a lot, but it's not really a lot. There's some hype around these players and the Jaguars because everyone's excited about how good the team itself is getting. But I just don't think this at all translates into fantasy football. Mm, I agree. I agree. Fournette, I'll take, but still probably let him be somebody else's investment. And I'm, I'm not touching another Jag. I sold every Jaguar I own. I've sold this offseason. Yeah, I don't even know if I own... I probably have a Marquise Lee somewhere held over from two years ago, but that's really about it. Oh, that's a lie. I grabbed Fournette in the Best Ball Dynasty League. Best Ball, it made sense to me to have Yeah, it's a good one. All right, so we just got... Uh, I just got beaten down on for the, <laughs> my Seahawks point of view, so might as well keep it going, right? Let's jump into our trade review for uh, our Trade Addicts 1 trade of the week. Uh, Trade Addicts Leagues, I'll remind you every single time, 12-team, Superflex, point per reception, reception, and tight end premium. Today's trade, Dalvin Cook, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Stills for Dougie Baldwin, Derek Henry, Albert Wilson, and the 310. Gentlemen, be gentle. (laughs) Go ahead, Brian. Okay, so I... 
voted along with the majority of folks I think that saw this for the Dalvin side. The Dalvin Cook. 88-12, by the 88, way. 88-12. Yeah. So is that a record for Trade Addicts poll? It's, I, it, it is unsubstantiated claims <laughs> that that is a record for the Trade Addicts. I don't so, know. so here's the deal. You lost this one. <laughs> um, but if Derrick Henry turns into the guy you think he might, I guess – uh, then it's not going to look as bad moving forward as it does today. But he's got to turn into that guy to make it not look as bad probably as it does today. Um, this one, this one for me, I mean, I, I think Dalvin for me is the is the the best asset in the deal um, by a good margin. You know, I think I think Marvin Jones and Doug Baldwin are similar players. Uh, I think they're both undervalued in the dynasty community. Um, I think Jones is a couple years younger, two years younger, you know, but they're, but they're similar, similar guys, you know, and then I like Kenny Stills a lot. And I know we've talked about him in the past outhouse, um, just about, Mm -hmm. you know, your love for him. So I'm actually surprised that you, when I saw this deal, I thought you acquired the Dalvin cook side because these, these are guys that you have gushed about owning in dynasty leagues, Jones and stills both. So I thought you were receiving that side. So I was surprised when I found out that you had traded this side away. Wait, hold on. Is that birds chirping in the background, Brandon? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'll, uh, <laughs> my, my wife was walking in the door, so I decided to step outside, and then the birds started it is, chirping at me. It is 10 p.m. and 40-something degrees outside. You should not have birds. Well, chirping. I'm in Phoenix, so it's uh, 7 p.m. and yeah. 80 degrees outside. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My bad. All right, I'm ready to go again. Sorry. Are you going to do a three? Oh, no, I'm leaving that. Oh, you leave that? In? All right. I was like, all right, do a, do a three, two, one, whatever. All right, let's go. No, just, just go. Just go. Just all right, go. so I'm actually in the 12%. I think I would take the out, outhouse side of this deal, and here's why. It comes down to the meat of it is Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Marvin Jones, Doug Baldwin. Right, the ancillary pieces, you can debate those, but but that's the meat of it. I love Marvin Jones, and Doug Baldwin is probably equally as good. Like we just talked about, Seattle's going to throw 50 times a game, so I think Baldwin has a really, really nice year. I'm also bullish on the Lions and Marvin Jones, so I'm going to call that a wash. So then it, for me, it comes down to Henry and Cook, and I'm taking Derrick Henry. I know this isn't a popular opinion. Outhouse, your biggest mistake was putting this poll on Twitter because people yeah. thought Dalvin Cook is Dalvin. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> what the other side has. That's an auto click on Twitter. But Derrick Henry is a better running back than Dalvin Cook. He was a better running back as a prospect, and I think he's a better running back as a pro. He just hasn't had his chance to shine. You know, Dalvin Cook for all of all his proven games that the four games that he played. I'll remind people he wasn't even that good in those games. Like you look at his box score. If you're a box score scout you'll notice he he had really good uh, numbers. But the first three quarters of those games, he was extremely mediocre. And it wasn't until my Minnesota, being the dominant team that they are, you know, blowing people out is, is, when, is mm-hmm. when Dalvin Cook, you know, got all of his uh, garbage time stats, I'll say. A lot of his stats were garbage. You'll remember the New Orleans game, and, and he did have a really good game, uh, and they just destroyed him, what it was like. 40 something you know in the first three quarters they scored so they just demolished him as a team but derrick henry i'll sell you on him he's a running back 230 plus pounds i love my big running backs that's a theme if you notice i, I like guys who can last in the nfl and, and derrick henry is, is a monster every time that guys touch the ball he's clearly been the best running back on the field and i'm finally excited for him to get his shot as the bell cow dalvin cook on the other hand 210 pounds which doesn't meet the threshold to be an NFL bell cow running back. You have to be 215 plus. I know that's not that far off, but just historically speaking guys who are under 215 pounds don't last unless you have a special receiving ability like uh, Christian McCaffrey, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Theo Riddick, those kind of guys, you have to be absolutely special in receiving to be relevant, you know, as a, as a running back. Cause Dalvin cook has four surgeries. I don't know if many people know that, He's extremely injury prone his entire career, and that's because he gets used as a bell cow when he is not, in fact, 
a bell cow. So for me, it's Derrick Henry because I think he's the real deal. And Dalvin Cook, while he might be better in points per game, I just don't think he's going to last in the NFL. So wow. So All right. I wasn't ready. For yeah, that. I wasn't. <laughs> that was either. passionate. I, and, I really and, got into that. Huh? <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, outhouse. I, I I understand why you brought this guy on. You know, to make you feel better um, about <laughs> yes, yourself. That's the only reason he's here. So no. Um, I'm 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 shocked. I'll tell you what, though. Um, you make a a pretty good case there, Brandon. Um, uh, for for Derrick Henry as as the best asset in this deal. Um, I still personally cannot go there. Um, I I would like to say one note for fantasy purposes. The points that you made about the later portion of the games where Cook accumulated a lot of his statistical um, stuff. Right. It all counts the same in fantasy. It does all count the same yeah. in fantasy. And I'd also mm-hmm. say, I mean, the, the the difference between he and Henry, first of all, you have a really small sample size with Alvin Cook. So I, I get that. And, you know, and he is he has struggled in the past with injuries. Like you said, four surgeries. I mean, you can't argue with that. That's that's fact. You know, I mean, you can't argue with facts. Right. So um, I did like what I saw in those four games, but it's a very small sample size. I don't blame people or or get upset about folks who look at that and say, you know, I have to see more before I can really buy in on this guy. So I understand that as well. Henry, another small I mean, he's another guy with a lot a small sample size. Now, he did it over a full season, but he was only getting 10 touches a game. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And his was also coming in later portions of the game, but that's mostly because he wasn't entering the game until late in the game. What I'd say about that is, you know, Derrick Henry did a lot of his damage after defenses had been tackling DeMarco Murray for three quarters. So it will be interesting to see. This is going to be a very interesting trade to look back on um, following this upcoming season to see how these guys perform. I think they're both going to get an opportunity. So we're really going to find out, um, you know, which running back ends up performing better. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting deal to look back on a year from now. We may look back on it and say, Hey, we, everybody that, you know, 88% of the people that voted on this poll were, were not correct. Um, you know, we, I think that's a realistic possibility. So it's going to be a, a good one to look back on. I'll say it right now. 88% of you people are not correct. <laughs> All right, so let me walk you through why the, all the wrong reasons I did this trade. Um, wrong reason number one, I was looking at my roster, and I don't even know why I just needed to change it. I didn't like the way it looked, so I'm like, let's, let's just make a trade for the hell of it, which is always dangerous because then you usually make stupid trades. I know Dalvin Cook was my best piece to be able to trade and not you know, really ruin what I like to have built because I like to build around wide receivers. So I didn't really want to get rid of any any of my wide receivers. I'd had talks with this guy before about something with Dalvin and Baldwin and Henry, so I figured I would be able to get this done. And I'm a big Dougie B believer, which I've talked about plenty of times. And honestly, I don't understand the Derrick Henry shade that's being thrown around. I mean, it was pretty obvious that you know, they were bringing someone in, and all of a sudden, Deion Lewis is the GOAT that, you know, of course, he's going to be three quarters of the running game now, and Derrick Henry's going to take a back seat. I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't know what narrative street you're trying to drive down, but I'm not buying that. So, yeah, and then you have your guys, and you have your guys that you value more than other people. What you have to watch out for is when you run into someone who values a guy as highly as you do, and you don't really stop to think about it. This guy likes Baldwin as much as I do. So instead of me outsmarting a guy and getting a value for Baldwin, I kind of paid what we both believe his real price is. So that's why, again, I understood I was losing this poll. I didn't think it'd be 88 to 12 losing a poll. But you know what? I don't care what you say, Twitter people. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, I actually, you know, this is kind of fun. I, I like these these two players. And maybe this goes my way as not. But how about, a, how about a, just a friendly gentleman wager on fancy points this season derrick henry plus baldwin versus the side that you like dalvin cook and marvin jones yeah we can do that okay any Ooh, a gentleman's agreement sure. any any particular stakes anything fun hmm beer is always fun Ooh, beer is fun I'm, I'm, How do you get beer across the I'm, country? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, why don't we – yeah, I mean why don't we do something 
why don't we do that for like a for like a case of beer or something like that? And uh, sure, I will. I mean, we'll just PayPal money because that's I'm not going to. Sorry, I'm not going to like call a yeah. place. And, <laughs> but yeah, case, yeah. Case yeah, beer of, uh, of person's choice. Yep. Uh, that sounds that sounds good. And uh, a video of somebody chugging a beer and bragging about how much better they are at fantasy football than the other person. Yeah, I like absolutely. That. To be absolutely to be retweeted many times <laughs> by me. That's awesome. No, that's that's good stuff, Brandon. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's that's going to be fun. Cool. You got a bet, bud. Right. And the one last thing the one last thing I want to bring up about this. I'm just, stop talking. It's my turn. Uh, <laughs> is Albert Wilson. I know you look at this deal and you see the big names and you sort of just toss Albert Wilson aside. I like Albert Wilson. I think he's, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is still the quarterback in Miami for all we know, and he's still not good at playing quarterback. So he's going to need that little dump off guy, which I think Albert Wilson will be. So while I don't, I'm not calling him Jarvis Landry, I think he can walk into the Jarvis Landry role, which in PPR will be relevant. That's a good point because Tannehill's super limited, and him and him and Stills really have never connected. All right, that was the only real trade we had to talk about. So let's have a fun little game of floater, sinker, pinch. Which, again, for you listeners out there who haven't been listening from the beginning, is pretty much keep trade drop, but with poop joke names. Uh, floater is the guy you're going to trade. You're going to float the trades out there. Sinker is the guy you're going to drop. That's kind of self-explanatory. And pinch is the guy you're going to hold on to by squeezing them cheeks. <laughs> All right. This is uh, rookie edition. So first let's do wide receivers. Ridley, Sutton, and Moore. Which, uh, Brandon, let's go first. Floater, sinker, pinch. This is the easiest trio of them all. Um, I'm definitely floating DJ Moore. He's a guy that people are way higher on than I am, so I'm going to scoop up that value. Um, I, I definitely would trade him for for a nice haul right now. I think it's a good NFL fit with the Panthers, but I don't see it as being fantasy productive given it's a Cam Newton run first, McCaffrey first, Olsen, Funchess, and, and Moore's you know going to get some, but not enough to start you know for, for a long time. So I just don't see that being a good fit. So I'll trade him. I will drop Cortland Sutton because he's going to be a development project. It's going to be two years minimum before he probably even sees the field uh, on a regular basis. And then I'm going to keep Calvin Ridley. Love the fit. I think he's pro ready. He's going to see single coverage constantly with Julio. So I, that's the trio that I'd go with. All right, I didn't realize it was that simple. I agree. Brian? I actually also agree. And I'm surprised um, that we that we all do because – the Calvin Ridley thing, uh, that's a guy that was getting absolutely killed um, after the combine. And if you watch that dude play, I think uh, I don't worry about the combine numbers and the measurables as much. Um, he was all Says he, the Delvin he, Cook hey, fan. well, <laughs> hey, in, in this case. OK, so he was I mean, he played against SEC defenses. He was always open. He makes every catch. He runs away from guys. I, you know, I know he's, you know, I didn't run real well for his size, but he runs away from DBs in the SEC. So if he can do that in the SEC, I'm confident he can do it in the league. Um, so, so I'm, I'm doing the same. Uh, I'm keeping Ridley. I'm trading DJ Moore. Um, I like Moore uh, quite a bit, but I. I'm on the same page there. I, I just think his value right now, you know, we're talking about a top five rookie pick potentially in, in some of these drafts and I would not take him in that range. So, um, and then, um, Sutton, I, I, I do like Cortland Sutton and I love the landing spot, um, to learn behind Demarius Thomas. Um, but mm -hmm. it's going to be a few years before he's fantasy relevant in my opinion. All right. So that was boring. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, all right, now use my poop jokes. Stop using the real terms. Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, and Royce Freeman. Floater, sinker, or pinch? This one's super clear in my mind. I am pinching Royce Freeman for all the reasons I talked about earlier. He is a true bell cow. Denver was one of the best spots for a running back. They're going to commit to the run game and commit to him on, on all three downs. Booker will get in a little bit, just like every running back has some sort of of a spell back, but I'm all in on Royce. So I'll pinch him. I'm going to, uh, sink Ronald Jones. 
And that's because, again, he's 205 pounds and he's not an elite pass catcher. He's Dalvin Cook minus, minus, minus. <laughs> so for all those reasons, you know, he, he's, he's, he does have great film, you know, just like Dalvin Cook. The, the guys are just good at football. You know, athletically, it doesn't make sense. Size-wise, it doesn't make sense, but they just are. But uh, of those three, I definitely don't want Ronald Jones. And then I would float Rashad Penny. And that's because he he's risen the most value-wise. And while I like him, he's probably my... I think 106 in my my rookie ranks. He's going in the 103, four or five range, depending on the draft, and and all that is good good value. I think on a guy who got reached on, he's getting reached on by Seattle, and he's definitely getting reached on in dynasty uh, drafts. So I, I would float him out and get that get that value right now. That's interesting. I thought that uh, see obviously I I'm gonna pinch some uh, Royce Freeman also, but. I felt like Ronald Jones was getting the most hype because I figured any running back that ended up in the Tampa Bay backfield was going to end up shooting up draft boards, and that's where you know Ronald Jones landed. So he would be my floater, and unfortunately, the running back on the team I root for would be my sinker. But I mean, again, this this draft just blood rookie drafts. That's that's what it did. It blood them. So I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Brian, what are your choices? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to agree again uh, with Brandon here. I think uh, Freeman is my is my um, pinch for all the reasons you mentioned. Just perfect landing spot in Denver, I think. And, you know, he's a bell cow back. The, I, I will say the one thing that does worry me about him slightly is his usage. He had like 980 some carries in college in his four years. So that does concern me a little bit. So so a year from now, he may be a floater for me. You know, just if, if he has a, a good rookie year, you know, but he carries the ball 250 times, you know, then now now you're talking 1250 carries over the last five years. You know, that's a lot of miles. So um, that does concern me a little bit. Now, the good news is he's got the body to do it. 230 pounds. Um, so he's he's built, you know, like a like a tractor trailer. So, I mean, um you know, so that's good. He's not a he's not a scat back. He's not a Jones. He's you know, um, so but but it does worry me slightly. But but again, I, he's he's my pinch as of right now. Um, I think uh, I would I would float Penny uh, again. Same same reasons. Uh, just, you know, he's he's I think he's being overdrafted uh, based on landing spot. And it's not a good landing spot, in my opinion. So and then Jones uh, would be my sinker i don't know that he's going to beat out peyton barber to be honest with you i mean (laughs) you know not not that barber is somebody that i'm i'm looking to acquire everywhere although for the prices right now um you know i i i don't necessarily think i mean jones is obviously you know based on his draft capital and everything he's going to get opportunities to touch the ball and 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 make some plays um you know we'll see how how cutter uses those guys but but it wouldn't shock me if Barber was – if he was at least a 50-50 split, if not more, uh, in Tampa this this coming season. So so I'm on board with, with that. Uh, you know, again, same as Brandon. Apologies for, for agreeing there. But uh, but that's that's how I have them too. All right. And to drive us home, tight ends. Gesicki, Goddard, and Hurst. Brandon? Sink them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, this tight end landing spot did not work out. Godair's the guy I had highest originally. Uh, and, and Mark Andrews, another guy that I, I was really high on. And, of course, Baltimore takes two for some ungodly reason. But uh, I'll – It's the third time in the past, like, six oh, years they've done yeah, I, I, Anyway, I, I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to float Godair. Because Godair is a guy who still has a lot of name cachet, and given that he went to the Eagles, um, for some reason people still are, are drafting him in late second, I believe. So he's the one whose value doesn't quite par up with what he's going to produce. Ertz is the guy; he's going to be the guy. So I, you know, no thank you to a backup tight end for the next three to four years. I'll I'll, I'll buy him again when he's closer to you know that Burton last year of his contract. Uh, but for now, I'll trade him or float him away. I'll sink Hurst because the Ravens are a sink tight end team. 
you know, he's going to block. I think they drafted Andrews because he doesn't block and he's a strictly a receiver. So that means Hurst is blocking. And unless you play in a point per block league, no, thank you <laughs> on those type of tight ends. And then I'll, I'll pinch Gusecki. He out of, out of all of them had the best opportunity to be a starter day one. And that, and you know, that says something. I don't think he's very good either. He was actually my least rated tight end um, behind Godair and uh, Mark Andrews, but Gasecki, you can't deny he's an athlete and he's going to get opportunity and Tannehill is limited. So maybe that's good stuff for him. But if you got 40 catches out of any tight end as a rookie, you'd be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, we talked last uh, episode about why drafting rookie tight ends, well, rook- drafting tight ends in rookie drafts isn't really always the smartest. Mm-hmm. All right. So Brian, I don't really, we're just going to skip this because it's <laughs> way too obvious and no one cares anyway it sounds good all right all right so that is the end of our show sheet so that's the end of our show uh brandon thank you very much for joining us today why don't you tell all the nice people where they could find you and what they can read that you do yeah thanks thanks a lot of fun um gladly come on talk football with you guys again uh you guys can find me on twitter at dynasty underscore scout dynasty scout and i write for dynasty happy hour you can find all my published work over there all right awesome thank you everybody for joining and uh if you ever you don't always have to trade because you're an addict if you have someone else that that's out there that's itching just talk some trades talk with them about trades it's not always even just about the thrill of of executing the trade the talks and talking about other trades you've done like every week i have so much fun talking with these guys about uh all the trades I've done, all the trades they've done, and even just talking strategies. So you don't always have to just make the trades. Even just talking about it just you know, makes people feel a little better. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good day, and uh, see you later, Brian. Late. Ooh, all right. Thank you for listening to the Trade Addicts Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Trade Addicts Pod and follow our hosts at Dynasty Outhouse and at Brian Har FF. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a nice day, and we will see you next time on the Trade Addicts Podcast.